bodies in the middle. Checks back against Carter and scores. That is atypical for the Amina Margot. Bar quickly gets it back again. Oh, but what a goal! Well, that sums up the season. it's the friday before christmas it's the last podcast of 2023 ladies and gentlemen welcome back to vic acres wonderland we needed some time after what happened on saturday so apologies about the delay but we're back we're feeling a bit well actually i'm in a really good mood um i will tell you a little bit why later but joining me as always i have got matt and adam matt how are you I'm good, thank you. And I'm sure everyone's been a little bit more festive this evening. Uh, just delivered some Christmas presents. So, yeah, it's all been good. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Again, thank you for that. Absolutely. Bloody brilliant, I will say that. Adam, how are you? Um, not too bad myself. Um, it probably says a lot about my week that my week was actually worse than my weekend. Um, for anybody who's maybe been following my escapades on Twitter would probably know why. Um, but no, great to be on the pod. And um, yes, very much feeling festive. I'm in a new location this time for this recording. For those of you watching on YouTube, I am live in a hotel or flat. I'm at my parents' loft um, because festive, best festive time is spent, best spent with family. And I'm looking forward to spending the final hours of 2023 uh, with loved ones. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. And actually, before we do kick off, I do want to say thank you to Matt for our Christmas present. Um, got a little cameo from Chloe Lacasse herself. And it's put me in a really good mood. And it's probably going to get me through this pod because I've been dreading this all week. <laughs> so let's get to it. So the, everyone knows the score, Tottenham 1, Arsenal nil. We've Tottenham to make in history. Um, the lineups went as uh, home team, Voikova, James, Bueller, Bartrip and Neville at the back line. And then in the middle, we had Visit uh, Ildesoy, Petzelberger, Graham, Clinton, and then up top, we had Thomas. And Bethany England had, has returned. Um, they're bent, on their bench, they had Zadowski, uh, Turner, Naz, Brazil, Percival, Ale, Spencer, Ayan, and Pierce. Whereas the Arsenal went for it, went for Manu Zinsberger in goal. A backline of Katie McKay, Amanda Listed, lot of Wibamoy, Steph Catley, and then a middle pairing of Victoria Palova and Leah Volti. And then up top, we had uh, Mead, and then Marnham in that 10 roll, Caitlin Ford on the left, and Russo up top. The Arsenal bench um, consisted of Jen Beattie, Vivian Miedemar, Sabrina D'Angelo, Noel Maritz. Catherine Cool, Chloe Lacasse, Dina Blackstenius, Leia Cardina, and Kyra Cooney Cross. Um, we had Cheryl Foster as the referee um, that day, and there was 19,480 fans there, with the away stand being completely sold out, as we like it, because the Arsenal are, as West Ham would say, the Arsenal are massive. Um, but yeah, what did we think of the lineups, guys? I was. 
happy with it. Um, we knew that Kim Little would likely not make the cut because of the injuries she picked up against Chelsea. Yep, that and would so have one, been her 300th appearance, if so. so. Sadly, we'll have to wait for that a little bit longer for that. Yeah, hopefully New Year. But on paper, you look at that and you go, yeah, it's a stronger lineup than the one that drew midweek in the in the Conti Cup. Um, Palova, Velti midfield, worked great against Chelsea. Frieda in the 10, she's played that a lot all season, uh, well, last season certainly, and it's all come into form this season. Um, me, Ford, Russo, it's a try to front three. There was nothing in that team that made me think we're going to struggle because it was 10 out of 11 played that amazing 4-1 win over Chelsea. So there were no alarm bells with the starting 11. And I think it was a starting 11 we all predicted. Yeah, I think the only surprise was probably having Frieda come in playing the, as the attacking midfielder, if I'm honest. Um, I think just on on the bench, you would have probably suspected maybe Kyra coming in and being that double pivot and then pushing Victoria a little bit more further forward, which is kind of what I predicted. But uh, to be honest, I'm not mad because that, the way we were going for it, we were definitely going for it. And I think we'll go into the game itself. Sorry, guys, I need to have myself on mute yet again. Um, so, game was pretty uneventful as far as I was concerned in, in terms of goals. Um, Martha Thomas scored the only goal in the second half as we were unable to convert any form of chance in the second of the back-to-back North London derbies. Adam, I know you, we've we've spoke about playing back-to-back games. Would you have rather lost on Wednesday? Well, we didn't spoke. We actually ended up arguing, but we did, we're all we good did. now. But we are good now. But would you have rather the lost the Conti Cup game rather than the WSL? Would you rather? I, would you rather we'd seen Jen Beattie balloon her penalty over the bar and have us to go and, and be not and be suffer that, but then win it? <laughs> The thing is, the penalty shootout win was so good. It mm. felt so great. It was, it was good. It, it was, was good. good where, where the, the that points? was my nagging feeling. That was my nagging feeling at the back, mm. was that we'll likely lose this game. Because I say, I've said it time and time again, is you, you rarely win two in a row. And it, and it, and it felt, yeah, but that's usually because you're playing against Chelsea two games in a row, Man City, if not playing Spurs. And we're going to be playing our better team. But that was always just, it's a weird thing about football. And of mm. course, I said that, and I just got, you know, um, not criticised is probably a, a stronger word, but my, I was I was suggested that my views uh, were not in the most positive uh, <laughs> looking forward uh, to the extent that I may be jinxing the upcoming game. Um, but I, I that was my sort of fear going into it. And yes, in hindsight, yeah, could could it would be nice if maybe it could be the other way around. But would you have would you have wanted Spurs to have won at Meadow Park on penalties or or just won normally and, and taken a lead in the Conti Cup group stage? It's a, case, With, it's a case of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, choose your poison. That's the thing. Choose your poison. What, what is the least exactly. worst thing to happen? Um, <clears throat> we'll never know. Um, but I was still confident we would get a win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We've won on the last two visits. Um, <laughs> Before this game, I said we, we, we never lost to Spurs. We've come close a few times, but we've never lost. But I've always said that a loss was going to happen at some point. As, as I said, I was always say between now and the event cuts universe, Chelsea women will win the Champions League. Spurs men will win a trophy and the Spurs women would eventually beat us. The laws of probability it just would be insane for not to happen. And I said that when it did happen, it would be painful. 
uh, and it was painful. Um, and we are left with the situation we are now. Um, and yeah, it was it was it wasn't a very nice nice final outing for the year. No, absolutely not. I mean, Matt, we've dismantled Chelsea like four one mm. at the Emirates the week before. This, do you think this was the ideal opportunity for us to showcase ourselves and the best chance to be to be our say I wouldn't say our biggest rivals, but it's the North London derby, so it means a little bit more. Mm. Um, to to lead the WSL at Christmas. Mm. <clears throat> well, it was going to be a fifty-fifty at this point because there was two points in it, so we would have only been a point clear of Chelsea come when Chelsea kicked off against Bristol. So you you didn't have an idea. You had to kind of hope that Chelsea somehow fall apart against Bristol. And that's what we're going to happen. <laughs> they, they, let's just say that Bristol have been very good. Like they have been able to score at home and things like that. That's some problems that we've had in the, previously in the WSL. You look at someone like Leicester that have struggled in, at home, not being able to even score, let alone get points. And eventually they do get that those points and just builds up their confidence. But I have a feeling that this season with teams losing two. Uh, games already the the cities united and ourselves it you just kind of hope that if chelsea do lose it opens mm. it up a, a little bit more i mean essentially between when the, i think i put it down in our fixture list like chelsea have their biggest fixtures over anyone else they play city and united in the opening day games of the um New Year, or it might be Liverpool, but essentially that's another team that's going to cause a lot. They start. Of... They start the New Year playing at Stamford Bridge against Man United. That's, that's the it. first game back. That's the one. Should also add just on a wild tangent. Um, Man United last game of season host Chelsea, and that's yeah. going to be at Old Trafford. That'll be interesting. Let's <laughs> just so let's just say that at the moment this this season has been totally unpredictable. We weren't expecting to go into any of these games and being like, oh, we're definitely going to win 5-6-0, take the game against Chelsea. I think everyone would have been comfortable with a 1-0 victory and then we go and thump them. Mm. And I think it almost feels a little bit like karma, the fact that we go and basically pound on uh, Chelsea's door and the entire door collapses in on mm. itself. And then this time we're, we're knocking on the door again and again and again and that door would not budge it wouldn't move an inch and it's just because it's a north london derby it does hurt i think i was feeling really moody towards the end of the game because it hadn't gone our way and then come, I, was, come the, I can say i was stood next to matt and i was feeling that moodiness <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's it's a really odd feeling to have because considering that last couple of north london derbies that i've been to at the emirates uh, especially when it comes to women, you get you. It's almost like you could reach for the stars and touch the moon, because that's how you feel at the end of the game. Because you know that you you've got that um, adrenaline rushing. I mean, I, I, just to mention last season, no, it was two seasons ago. Or last game before West Ham, all we needed to do was win and keep up with the to keep us in the title race. And Tottenham got that last minute penalty and then we hit the bar, hit the post even. 
things like that just set you up for the like right okay it's sort of destined to happen but it happened and i know you're you're talking about uh fixture congestion and one way or another essentially this match could have been avoided we could have ended up playing reading first and then tottenham last to change it around but what this is one thing that i don't like is when teams get each other say in the fa cup and then they got each other the next week it's happened a couple of times uh you could go back to the conti cup we ended up playing man city at meadow park midweek and that goes to extra time stina scores win the game through to conti cup final and we go on to win the trophy Um, but the consequences we lose that game against at at the academy stadium so it's something that i would like them to look into and try to avoid as much as possible but i think adam you've made this point before that it's inevitable that sooner or later things like that will happen yeah well my my feeling with the spurs is like it's i don't right this is going to sound wrong i'm not glad that we lost okay i should just underline that but i'm glad that it's now out the way you know that for it's like it's like going for a toothache strike to the dentist you know you know it's going to be very painful and it's going to be horrible and you don't like it but once it's done it's out the way it, it's happened. It's in the past. We don't have to think about, oh, dreading the first defeat. The first defeat has happened. It's shelved. It's happened. I've got so many thoughts on this. I think, Matt, you're absolutely right. It's about the pounding of the door because it's another low block team like Liverpool at the start of the season. We just couldn't find a way through the way we were playing. And the first half, I think we hit the post from Ford. Other than that, mm-hmm. we never really got through. And the thing when you're playing a low block is you've got to get the early goal. When we played away at Brighton, Steven got the early goal and that set us on our way. And the longer it went on, the more worried I got. And I, I said it on, I said it on Twitter, and I, I was sat obviously with you, Matt and Lottie. In that second half, the only time I thought we would score was in those opening sort of ten minutes, and that's the best we looked in the whole game. When I felt we really had Spurs on the rack, and Russo had that header. If she had, if she, if she heads that in, it's a different game. But she misses it, and that we just didn't have that that efficiency that which we had against Chelsea. And then the goal just it just comes from naivety on our half, and I think it there's a what's the best way to describe it? It feels like there's always been a bit of arrogance with Arsenal, like entitlement that well we will beat Spurs because we've always beaten Spurs or we've never lost to Spurs, and so it doesn't maybe really matter. And when you watch the game back, um, when they play out from the goalkeeper, we have four of our own players in the Spurs box. That can't happen. And it's because we got the overcommitted in the press because Jones plays a high press. We threw too many players for Pelova gets drawn in, and it's a naivety thinking, oh, we can win the ball back here because we're on top. And the best way I can describe this goal is if you flip back to the men's side, and when we beat Man City in the FA Cup semi final, when Abamian gets the, the opener in Wembley, and Arsenal draw Man City in, it looks like we're going to lose the ball playing out for the back. And then we work it quickly to the left, switch it quickly over to the right. And then cross it over into the middle under Bamiang scores. And it was exactly the same as Spurs. It was we, we they sucked us in, they sucked us in, we fell for it, and they played out brilliantly. And I remember watching it and when the move happened, and obviously it was happening over in the pitch, and Matt turned to me and he said, I know it's all right, we've got it sorted. And we had. We had it fine. Catley was on the ball, was shifting the uh, the play out wide. And then the key thing happens, and I'm sorry to bring it up, Matt, because I know you're a big fan. Leah Velty makes a critical error. If she she runs to Catley, if she holds her run and stays with Martha Thomas, it's not a goal. But because she runs towards the ball, Thomas is free. And I would say, taking my Arsenal bias off, because otherwise I will I will vomit. 
I want to say to Spurs, you know, as a neutral, brilliant. Brilliant goal. And they played very well to keep Arsenal at bay, to keep us at bay and, and defend very well. And I said in the previous pod, it would have been an amazing result if Spurs had beaten us in, in the in the Conti Cup first win. It is a brilliant result that they did that. What didn't help us then is after the goal is the way we reacted. And it's one of the first times I've actually seen us panic. I think we panicked the way we played, the way we rushed our play, the substitutions from Jonas. I think he panicked. And we were, we were by the end of the team, it was just Kyra Cooney crossing the midfield and every striker on the pitch pushing I forward. I was going to come to that, Adam, but we're going yeah, well, to jump the gun for now. No, we're going to jump the gun. We're going to continue with this. Nope. Um, so, towards the end, <laughs> Kyra Cooney crossed all alone in the midfield and we had six forwards on. Mm. Pure, mm. utter chaos, chaos or desperation. Mm. Can someone please define that move from Jonas for me? This reminded me, I'm going to go back to the Conti Cup. You remember when Emma Hayes brought on Ken Reid and she was playing right back and then she brought on another right back and then she brought on another right back. Was this in the final? In the Conti Cup, yeah, yeah, they changed their right back three times. And it was almost like Jonas panicked so much that he didn't know what to do. And it's very... You've only seen it a couple of times where he doesn't know what to do in in certain situations. I've, I've got um, I've, I think you can probably throw the Leon game under the bus because essentially because of the game, what happened at that time in Vivian and ACL. Um, that's for, that you can forgive that because essentially the mentality of the whole squad and the opponents goes because they know that it's a really dangerous thing to happen and they understand it's another player. Both teams have gone through this. Um, I'm sure you could probably say the Chelsea FA Cup semi-finals, pick one or whatever you like. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I am struggling with other ones as well, but take your pick. There has been times. Go on, Adam. Yeah. I was going to say, I can think of the FA Cup final when he got it wrong, the, the Man City mm-hmm. away game when he actually openly said, I got the team wrong. And I think we have to put in the mentality of the players and, and the manager in the situation that they realised that with just over half an hour to go, um, we were going to lose Spurs. And just imagine, like, for the first time, imagine as a player in the pitch and thinking, we, we, we were all right, we were in the game, we were in control, we had the more shots, we had the more possession. Suddenly, we got half an hour to save the game. It was a repeat of the Hive two years ago. And I think they, they, the, the scenario, they, they panicked. I mean, um, Jonas threw on striker after striker, but didn't take any other strikers off. So the, the shape, there was no shape by the end of it. We had Stina and and um, Stina and Russo and Miedemar all in the central bumping into each other. Um, there was no logic. It, it, it became panicky, tossed the ball in and hoped someone heads it. And I think I got to the point where I just thought we're not going to score here. We're not. We are not going to score a goal here. I had no confidence. The last real shot on target, I think, was a Russo. I think volley that, that the keeper got across well to save. I mean, the keeper got player of the match, but if you're going to be brutally honest, I don't think she was ever stretched. You think back to the... What I was really the don't only... either. No, There's no I... way. For me personally, I would have given it to Kit Graham. All or day Michael long. Thomas. Or Thomas yep. for the goal. No, Kit Graham, she put a shift in that game. Mm. As much absolutely. as I despise Tottenham Hotspur, mm. because they're Tottenham, she put an absolute shift in. They, they all did. And I think also having the lead really helped helped, helped them I don't want to say motivate them because it's North London derby, but it gave them something to hold on for. And we knew it was going to be attack versus defence. I mean, we had 
31 shots, which is ridiculous. But if you look yeah. at the XG, the amount, because the XG is like, oh, we got two point something XG, so we should have got a goal. We said, yeah. But if you work out the averages, the XG value of these shots was so low. So there was never, it was never a shot where we, like the XG for like the, the Thomas goal was pretty high because it was the only, it was the only clear cut opening from both mm-hmm. teams. We were shooting from stupid positions. We were trying to shoot from the wing. We were trying to shoot from distance. Um, we were trying to do ambitious sort of volley. I think the, the close thing was Kyra Cooney Cross attempting a, a, a wonder volley that was sort of headed wide. There was no yeah. thought. And then when we were in good position to shoot, Ford was trying to chop and pass to somebody else. And like I said, we panicked. Did. Like, uh, do you, do you, Adam, without looking at your stats? So the, the stats are on the screen next to me. So uh, yeah, well, you want to, mi- yeah, just minimise that for a minute. Yeah. How long do you think it took Arsenal to get their first shot on target in the first half? Arsenal. You'll be shocked which minute. Okay, I don't, I don't have that number in front of me, but I'm going to say it was probably the Frieda shot. So I'm going to be having a batting average of maybe around 30, 35 minutes, maybe 40. I was going to say 39. Oh, Matt's the closest because Adam couldn't give me a whole proper number. Yeah, I was, I was, 42 minutes. Yeah, it was the 42 minute mark. It took us that long. It was Frida Leonard and Warnham. And um, the highest so. XG shot we had was the Pelova Looper that the keeper just had to take two steps over and catch. I mean, that was the quality of efforts we had on goal. We never had a clear shot, which is poor on our behalf. Um, yeah. So no, I I had no confidence in our attack that day, which is which is really weird considering how good we were the previous weekend when everything we struck yeah. seemed to go in. Um, yeah, it was it was a sickener. It was a worry though because it, uh, towards the end it was like they were passing so slowly. It was like come on, you're one nil down, you've yeah. got ten minutes left to go, and there's no intensity. No. Usually no, they'll be had... mate playing one two three balls and and off we go. On top of that, you'd probably be again so you probably do at this point probably suggest that Kim Little was really missed in this game yeah you can probably point to one thing that has annoyed me as well is the online fans talking about Manu's uh, positioning she's she thinks it's going wide there's no guarantee that she's going to be able to get down there in time to even save it if she if there's no reason a goalkeeper doesn't dive unless they think Mm. that it's not going in it was also too well placed. It was perfectly placed. Mm. I mean, and it's, that's why it's such a good goal. Um, they didn't panic. It was a well placed effort, and you just got to tip your hats to Spurs and say, you know, fair play on that one. But I, there is, there has been this anti-Manu sentiment, and it is very frustrating to see because a lot. I think a lot of these fans maybe haven't seen Manu when she was saving our bacon in a lot of games. I think back to mm. the, the FA Cup final when she kept the score down in games against Barcelona, where it would have been a cricket score if it wasn't for Manu. You know, she is a save the penalty keeper. as well in that one. Save the penalty against Alexi Patel. How many people can say that? Um, it is it is sad to see. And the problem is when you lose 1 0, is the first place you make. But as I've said, the, the fault of the, the goal is not on Manu, it's on a team that, that got tricked by Spurs that should have known better. And I think you're right about Kim Little, um, as well as the team that play with the individ, individual players in the position. Kim has experience and the, the captaincy. You know, she she has that that voice in the midfield, and she would have hopefully maybe been able to direct our traffic better and sort of know that you know you don't you don't overcommit, you don't put four players in the box. Because when I was watching that, I that was when I went like alarm bells in my head. I thought this is wrong. This, they, they've they've done something wrong here. We shouldn't have four strikers in the box. And then obviously what happened happened. Um, yeah, I. I I, I sort of cursed myself for that because I did say when, when the teams came out, so 
We don't have to worry about Kim Little not being in the team anymore. This is great because we've got so much depth with Kyra and Palova. We can rotate and she hasn't been last few games with one. And then this happened. You think, yeah, ma maybe we still need Kim Little. <laughs> for a bit yeah, we bit. still do need Kimmy. And it's also a case of, dare I say, Adam and his big mouth at this point. Well, <laughs> maybe. Not, maybe. But, well, don't mean that horribly, but you know what I mean, right? Hmm. Um, so... Spurs have adapted sensationally. I've, we've, mm. we've, I've got to give them some appreciation against us, um, unfortunately. Um, they've obviously the last two games, they've let in 11 goals. They've never beat us, and they finally got their first clean sheet, Matt. Mm. It's just unbelievable. Well, what do, and also, what do you think of Voitkova's performance? Although we had eight on target. Yeah. Just before that, that um, so some of the Arsenal efforts, a lot of the time it was frustrating because it was outside the box and blocked efforts and things like that. I mentioned 30, 31 shots in the end. But some of these were really the wrong decisions. I I look back to it. Once again, Frida was just shooting from everywhere and so was Caitlin. I didn't understand the amount of times both of them had shot and they could have quite easily just passed it over and it's a tap-in. And it, I don't know what it was, whether it was the selfishness of it. it. It might have been, but there's also, I've been, where I've been watching, trying to figure out what Jonas is doing. Um, someone, I was listening to a podcast earlier today um, about it, because I've only just managed to face them all <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but it seems to me at the moment, the philosophy that's emerging um, from Jonas is, if you don't have a clear shot, recycle it and try again if that makes sense it's it's if it, it just feels like if you don't have the shot on target and you're not going to get it in the net stop reset and then go again but why is frida taking those effort and so is what so was caitlin ford in that match why was she not playing that ball across across the goal so that we had tap-ins it doesn't make sense no it it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense but it's if you look at this game and the previous games, that's what it looks like to me. They've just completely thrown that out the window, if that but, makes sense. Sorry, Adam, go on. You want to I, was say, I just think it's, it, it came down to them mentally fumbling it. I think they, they and when you get panic, it's like, I need to get that shot in. And regardless of the situation, I need to, I need to, it, it became too individualistic and not maybe thinking about, I can play it to someone better. Or then, and then you, then you start second guessing yourself and realizing you need to do that and thinking, I need to find someone better because I'm not confident I can score in this position. Ironically, because you were actually in a better position than you were when you tried to score five minutes ago and it went over the bar or wide. I mean, the amount, I was just saying the amount of headers that sailed over the bar. I think Amanda hit headed two over and, and Russo as well. It just, just nobody just it just became in the final. I know Jonas said, "Oh, if you played this game nine times out of ten, would actually win it." And I think no, you wouldn't because your team is not. If if this had been the keeper, you don't want the keeper performance. If she'd been making huge, you know, dramatic fingertip saves to claw like you know balls away from the top corner, and she's rushing out and timing her charges perfection, sweeping. You think this keeper's unstoppable, and you go, "Fair enough, that game happens." But no, I just think we just mentally made the wrong decisions. And the problem is, it's not just we made one wrong decision, just every time we got to the final third, we made the wrong decision. We shot instead of passing, we passed instead of we shot, and it only got worse and worse and worse as the, as the minutes rolled by and the inevitability starts to trickle in. That Even though there was over 10 minutes of added time, um, it never, 
yeah, they just never got they got it got it working again. And then I think back to previous games, like against Villa, it did click in time. Against Liverpool, it didn't. And we lost that game. And we are in a situation now where we've actually started and the season and ended at the break with a defeat either side. Two stupid defeats, effectively. One nil defeats. If we which you know that which is what's gonna hold us back this season. Um and yeah, I think we should just have a shout. I don't know if this is in your notes, Lottie, so I might be coming in on, on a side here because of the added time. Um, that was because there was a, a, a person who fell ill in the stand. We should just do a shout out. It has been confirmed that they are, I think they've been discharged from hospital and they are um, in recovery. Um, what was disappointing, I think, to all of us was the uh, slow reaction from the medical team on, and the reaction from the stewards and stuff. We understand that the support club have put a complaint in to Spurs oh, regarding the matter. Absolutely. I'm glad they have because it mm. took Ashley Neville for something to happen. Yeah. Um, thing is we've we've had this in Meadow Park and the Arsenal have yeah. reacted quicker but obviously they were up the other end of the pitch at the time we were mm. well, coming well scoring down our end of the pitch um Manu was but, in goal so they could just tap Manu on the back and say look yeah. we need a little bit of help yeah whereas, but the thing is, I, is that was, whereas at Tottenham we were about a lot further back and mm. there's when you got nearly I think well what there was 8,000 of us there Yes, I know there's a lot. I thought I thought three thousand. I mean, all of us screaming at you. Surely Mm. you'd stop the game and abandon it. It was something that serious. From what Um, I can see, we were were trying to get the linesman to eventually get them over and get our attention, and then then that caused. It ended up being Ashley Neville. Yeah, there was a lot of the stewards weren't really. I think the stewards didn't know what they were doing. The referee didn't seem to respond to it at all. They didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. And the problem is that this and that, as you say, it's happened before this season, it's happened twice, and it's yeah. happened twice, and it's not good enough that there is the response time it needs to be quicker, it needs to be understanding. It's a serious yeah, situation. It could have been worse. It could have been worse than it was, or the actual yeah. act, what actually happened. Yeah. And it's it's a case of our fans are travelling away. Mm. Arsenal are going to want to put a complaint in while supporters group are doing it. But I just, yeah. at this point, I think Arsenal should be involved because they're so heavily involved with us already. In a sort of our away section out for the women's game and everything else, um, you do have to consider your away fan safety, even though you're in another club and in, in another club's ground. It's so it's so important, especially if you want the game to grow. People aren't going to go to away games if they don't feel safe. No. So this I'm just, is um, sorry, Lossie. Uh, just quickly, the next game away is at Prenton Park against Liverpool mm-hmm. at the end of January. That one will probably be a bit better because the the away team the away team have been given the away away stand as well as the little the little corner, so at the very least, their stewards and everything will be more aware of the situation now and hopefully be on the ball. Um, it's the first time that we're going to have that away stand. We're not going to be mixed in with Liverpool fans. It okay. is. Gonna, I'm so I'm hoping that people that do want to go to away games, they're not deterred because. We are there's a lot of opportunities to go to these games and and go to different grounds if you enjoy ground hopping and things like that. But it's just a bit of a pain, really, that, that there's these instances and things like that can slowly just go. You know what? I'll just stick to Emirates and Meadow Park. And um, it's yeah. really sorry, sorry, but just quickly go back onto Fikova. She saved five out of her five so, uh, saves that she had to, was forced to make. Um, compared to Manu's 
one in through one out of three saves. Yeah, it was the best England in the first half, wasn't it? When she ran mm. when she ran through and actually that yeah, was a really one on one from England. Yeah. Yeah. It, but she's just, just come back. I was I, yeah. I, I I did put my hands over my eyes for that one because I just saw it coming because it is Beth England. But thank you. So, 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 I should have left the armband on her. She wasn't scoring when the, the armband is there. Whoever got the armband on isn't scoring. So I'm going to literally leave it on Martha Thomas now. Um, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> she's the only only Tottenham Hotspur player I do actually have because I think she's that. She's, aside that she plays for a really small club, mm. she's a brilliant player. The smaller club, the better the player. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Bit like um, Kirsty Mewis join, joining West Ham. Yeah, that's breaking news. That has happened. We have that happened today. I do want to talk about the last, the, last, the closing minutes of the game. So we have one more corner. And Manu Zinsberger came down the pitch. <laughs> and first thing out of Adam, Adam, uh, Adam, I believe it was you. Um, okay, Manu, top bins. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of you two. It came from my right. Um, I, I looked around and thought, you know what? Don't even look at you two. Just watch. Didn't go in, obviously. No. Um, and then it was Rosella Ion and Manu racing back down the other end of the pitch. Yeah. Thankfully, our 24, Chloe Lacasse, slid in and, and stopped Rosella Ion having her easy tap in. I think it says a lot about Spurs that they didn't score that open goal when the keepers at the other end of the pitch and they still they yeah. still didn't get that one yeah. goal. Fair play to Chloe Lacasse with the speed to get back. I mean Exactly. The thing is I that was... is why we, we, we uh say running down the wing, I Absolutely. guess. <laughs> say, say, saving our bacon. Um no, I mean it, it was I mean I, I don't blame Marnie for going up for the corner. It's it's one I remember she nearly got a goal at Man United last season yeah, for yeah. Yeah, for late corner. And until if she'd scored it, I mean it would the place would have just yeah collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in the away end and things like that. It's yeah, really it would have been it would have been bonkers and it just but I, again I mean you just it it sort of highlighted the, the strange age of the game that Spurs should have scored their their second goal. Um <sighs> It, and that was, I think, the final whistle was like a few seconds later, and that's sort of when it all happened. I don't really begrudge the win because if I'm, if I'm to be extremely brutally honest, this was a this was a defeat that was two years too late. Because for me, they sh- they should they didn't, but they should have beaten us two two years ago in, in in the hive, and we got bailed out by a late Viv header. Um, I should yeah, say Viv actually come off. That's, that's yeah. what Vivian Miedemar does, though. Let's exactly. be honest. Although she's not fully fit at the moment, in my eyes, that is I what Viv does. And Viv is and I, not Viv at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure our, our Dutch friends will completely agree with that as well. Yeah. So Viv saves on that day. And I think oh, we got lucky, but Spurs got very unlucky. They should have closed out. They did this one. Viv, I mentioned last pod, we didn't have to throw Viv on to save the game against Chelsea. That's how great I think it is. We did throw Viv on in this game. And she, yeah, she's still a few yards short, sadly. Um, oh, hopefully I'm she'll. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, but it's just yeah. a coincidence after coincidence at the moment. I know, I'm I know. It's, it's 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 the it's the reverse of the coin, isn't it? It's like it's like positive has become negative in every single aspect of the game. Yeah, but um, the thing is, 
moment, we're, the WSL is one of the best leagues in the world. I think I'm sure you'll yeah. both agree with me on that. Yeah. But it's so unpredictable at the moment. It's insane. It's insane. We should just have to clarify, while this has been happening, uh, Liverpool have beaten Man United <laughs> at LSV yeah, yeah, yeah. for the, the first time. They got their first time. Brighton yeah. have gone to they, Manchester City let's, and won. Let's be honest. Um, we, when you look at look at Liverpool and you look at Man United, Liverpool have recruited better. They've got the same midfield in at Man in, in for United, and there's just nothing there for me. Just say yes, you've got, yes, you got Tooney, mm. but there's no nothing else to build that's built being built round her. There's just nothing there. If we are slightly going into a different different team's podcast, but I just to say yeah, there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a joy to have in Mark Skinner saying. We need to invest more. We need more players. And you think about how much money they spent and the fact that they are saying, playing the same players that they've been playing for the last like three seasons or so. And you just think more players? I think they need more rotation. She just added the way the, t- the table is now. Liverpool and Man United are both on 18 points and Spurs are just three points behind them. So that is very, very interesting to watch. And I think Spurs, I think last season was a freak season for them in terms of what yeah. happened. Like, everything just went wrong last season. Obviously, they, they yeah. binned off Ben Skinner. The way that they're building again, it's going to be interesting to see what's happening. And I mean, it's the first win in six, and it's over Arsenal of all bloody teams. Team. But I it's think they are more, they're more like the team they were two seasons ago when they won at Man City and they very nearly beat us. And I think they're back on track after they, they lost their nerve last season. And they've got yeah. talent coming through. Beth England next season's going to, no, not next season, next year rather, in the new year, she's going to be dangerous for them. Second half season, she's going to be very dangerous. And I should say, the North London Derby Emirates Stadium. It's it's always treated it's as a bit of a, like yeah it's always been treated as a formality like oh we will we'll win because we will always beat but yeah years and years and years ago we beat Spurs ten nil and thinking in an FA Cup tie you know that gap mm-hmm. is closing they are they are they are coming up the rear and I think that, as you said the North London derby at Spurs we're hoping it's going to be a sellout but there's an actual edge to this now because Arsenal the team know we could lose this because we've lost it before those players mm-hmm. on the pitch are, will have to go for the rest of their lives knowing. We were the first team to lose to Spurs. It was us. It was our fault. We made that mistake. And now we've got to correct it when they come to Emirates Stadium. That's, oh, and then we say that's, that's in a free game period of Man United at Emirates Stadium and Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. That's going to be special. So I can't wait for that. No, I can't, I can't wait for it either. And it's also a case of, I'm hoping Vivian Moodamar will be back and find those find the scoring boots yep. by then. So, because mm. we're not playing them till March. Uh, it's around that time, yes. Yeah, the 17th of February. Um, Arsenal do take on Man United um, at yeah. the Emirates, which will be absolutely mental because Russo is now on the right side, right shade of red. I absolutely. think that's the best way to put it. I um, should say both 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 games have sold over twenty thousand tickets already for um, yeah. Spurs and Man, and Man United, so that bodes very well for the next year. Yeah, well, Spurs is going to be a sellout because it's a North London derby. It's the third of March, by the way. There we go, third of March. Third of March, North London derby. Tickets are all on sale. If you are in and around London looking for something to do on third of March or the seventeenth of February, go and get your tickets. Mm. Come and join us. Me, uh, us. Well, me, Matt, and Adam will be around. You might not see Adam because he's sitting in the posh seats, but me and Matt are certainly got to have those prawn sandwiches. (laughs) They won't eat themselves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> who ate all the prawns who ate all the prawns sorry off subject but yeah no overall we've lost we finally bit the bullet what next 
it, I said when we beat Chelsea, the title race was on. And I'm afraid now it feels like the title race is back off again. And I feel like I'm going to be doing this a lot throughout the season. Like a light switch is constantly flicking it. Because <laughs> the maths are we've lost two games this season. And people know that you, you don't win the WSL title with more than two defeats. So it feels like we're going to have to go unbeaten the second half of the season. Um, the overall feeling was, I think, for others, is this was always going to be a season of recovery. We've got, we've still got Lair and Laura to come back from injury, and it might, might be. I don't, wanna, I don't want to write the season off because that's wrong. I want us to push for the title all the way. It might be we'll be at our best position to win the league next season when Emma Hayes is gone, when all our players are back fit potentially, and we can go again. What I would say is, is I think if we were to finish the season in second place. Mm-hmm. I think that would show a good growth uh, mm-hmm. in terms of sort of recovering from what happened last. But well, it was league-wise a near disaster. We 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 you know scraped over the line in third place. I think if we've got a, a, a good second place, and I think it it what Jonas needs to find a solution to low blocks because that's twice this season we we've come a cropper, and I think there needs to be a better intelligence and attack. Um, there needs to be a better sort of method there, and I think that will. We've got some, we've got some friendlies. I think behind door friendlies before the, the thing kicks up again um, to get us hopefully up to speed. Because historically, the last three seasons we've come into the new year cold, and that has impacted us. You think about the same of those early games. I don't think the the, the seasons in winning the league is off yet. We are only three points behind Chelsea. We've still got to go to Stamford Bridge, and I do think Chelsea have got one more defeat in them. But we can't afford another mistake like this. And we we need to improve and get better as the season progresses. And I think we could do that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a bit of a blow. It's a silly one. We could have gone in the into the new year tied on points with Chelsea and we would have said brilliant start to the season. And this this one defeat has sort of rocked us a bit. But we we could do it. Um, but yeah, we need um, Chelsea to lose. Because if Chelsea lose one more game, they're on two defeats. And then everybody's on two defeats and suddenly it's Blink. It's who blinks first. I think this could be one of the best title races for a while. I genuinely think this season has had more roller coasters rides than any of the previous years. I remember my first year watching the girls and that first game against up at Villa Park, nil-nil at half time, bring on Manabu Abucci, all of a sudden we're a we go and win 4-0 and Katie goes and scores that classic goal towards the end. Uh, <laughs> I am going to keep on bringing this up. Ahead of one no, because, it's great. It's a great you know goal. what? Then I'm still going to say it. I was jealous that you were there. <laughs> if you do watch the uh, BBC uh, back, you can actually point me in the ground as well, which is quite nice on Katie's goal. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic game. And you just think, if, if anything, you look back on a couple of years, okay, what's changed? Well, Villa are lower down in the league nobody was expecting that Everton are surprisingly seventh in the league and I don't think anyone was expecting that I think everyone was I expecting them to be lower. yeah everyone was thinking <laughs> they'd be lower I don't think everyone was expecting Liverpool <clears> to be this high considering they got points off us at the Emirates um well now they got three points against Man United at late Sports Village so I have a feeling that anything can happen and it's it's a case of who's gonna. I don't. I, I anything can happen, and it could be a case of the at the last 
uh, day of the season, everything's up for relegation, promotion, cha- uh, relegation, promotion, relegation, champions, um, league spots, the, the championship itself. Anything is likely to happen. I have a feeling that some uh, what might swing it is what happens in the January transfer window. And mm. I don't think we need anything at the moment because we've got a squad of 26. We know... I know this is a bit of transfer news. We all are expecting Gio to go out and loan somewhere. Hopefully it isn't um, somewhere where she's not going to get any minutes at all. It, hopefully she gets full-on 90 minutes every game that she can play as much as possible. Whether it's in the uh, WSL or it's abroad, I hope that she's just out there. She's playing football and she's having the most fun that she, she can have. Because I know she loves the club, but it's becoming a bit difficult for her at the moment. I, but I do expect Chelsea to have some. I think sooner or later Chelsea are going to slip. And yeah, they slipped up against us, but I have a feeling they're going to slip up a little bit more because sooner or later um, they've got the Champions League to look at and they're nearly there with that. So I imagine sooner or later they'll, they'll have to go. It's one or the other. You can't have both because we tried it and we had the ACL injuries. If Chelsea try it, Oh, they get, I, I would imagine they would probably have a lot more injuries coming their way because of how intense Emma Hayes likes to play. I think the Champions League is a swinger. If they if they find themselves, if they need, if they, they'll need to, this is Emma Hayes' last season. She wants a Champions League, and I think if it, if it splits her focus enough, they might play weaker teams in the league and they might fumble some draws, and that that can let us in. Should just say Arsenal's last two games away at Man City at the Academy Stadium, and then at home to Brighton. If we're still in touch after the Man City game with Chelsea and they've got to go to Old Trafford and we against Man United and we've got a home game at, at Meadow Park against Brighton, that could be very interesting. The interest very much interesting to see how it plays out. I should ask, as we were talking hypotheticals at the start, would you take Chelsea winning the Champions League this season, but then we win the league? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. The main basis <laughs> is. Because and Emma Hayes really, really, really wants something. She don't get it. Yeah. And I like to keep it that way. But you would deny Just, Emma Hayes winning the league in her final season at Chelsea? Yeah, there's a reason why I like to say with the only champions of... I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's my own. I've lost my Spurs boasting. Don't <laughs> take that away from me. <laughs> I'm telling you that now because that will irritate the hell out of me. Well, I'm just saying there because is, I would have to listen to Chelsea fans. Oh, yeah, but you want it, then we want it now, and it's just like, mm, please go away. And it's they're always both sets of fans at Chelsea Football Club are equally equally as annoying as each other. And obviously, you've got the men's side. Yeah, we're champions of Europe. You're not. London is blue. Blah 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 blah. But on the women's side, London is red. It, the whole country is red. We're the only ones, and it, it's, I I do take pleasure in that because I have to listen to Chelsea men's fans say it all the time, and I understand why they enjoy it because <laughs> I do it as an Arsenal fan. I don't think oh, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because then, it, it, like Lottie says, it gives them something to chant about. But then the alternative is, what if I I don't think that again this the Champions League is as straightforward as it's gonna as people think it is. 
You've got Paris tearing up teams. You've got Real Madrid and that have been knocked out this season. Um, nobody really would have thought that would have happened. That was a shock. That was a shock. I I have a feeling that if Chelsea do go through, I have a feeling they will end up in the semi-final, but they won't go any further again. I, they got I lucky take, last season with the penalties. Against me on, yeah. I would take a semi-final exit to Barcelona. Uh, when we when we won the league in 2019, Chelsea got to they had a rubbish league, but they got really close to the Champions League. They got to the semi-finals and they lost to Lyon in the semi-finals. Uh, I think it was like three-two on aggregate. Like it was really close. And I think in that season, Emma Hayes had put all her chips on the Champions League because the rest of the league was going away from them. And in fact, something similar can happen this time around if if Chelsea's focus can be we can do it this year. We've got the squad and, and so on. Um, you know, Millie Bright's still out, but she's probably will come back in the new year. Um, I don't know, but at the same time, they look at their group, they're, they've made it a bit difficult for themselves. Mm. Um, and they've probably got the two hard, two hard games coming up. Um, so there is a chance they could fall short there. But yeah, the, the longer they go in, in the Champions League, I could really see that affecting their, their league form potentially. It would be uh, nice. Well, sorry, just... Lottie. Oh. I was going to say, it would be re- <laughs> really nice if, like, if, like they, they say they go through. I don't think they're going to take the League Cup seriously either this year. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Again, it's that one thing Emma Hayes wants, and it's that's yeah. the only thing missing from her collection. Let's be honest, guys. Yeah. All right. So that is the end of the pod. That is everything for tonight. It's the last pod of the year. I'm a little bit sad, but fear yeah. not. We will be back in early 2024 at some point. Matt, it will. Matt will be back with the transfer zone for the entire month, and me and Adam will be hosting the main shows. But for now, um, I want everyone to have a very good Christmas. Oh, happy holidays if you're not celebrating it. And just enjoy the, enjoy the winter break. Mm-hmm.